This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom my toe's all better. It was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly. So you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, other types of skin damage. It's totally safe, non-toxic, suitable on all types of skin, even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin. This is also safe for the youngest members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500 thousand happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family so to get your own active skin repair go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20 percent off your order when you use the code shameless that's activeskinrepair.com use the code shameless for 20 percent off your order activeskinrepair.com code shameless This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 554. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 554. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community. So be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Hello, Shameless Moms. Happy Monday. I'm so happy to be back here with you for our second week of our summer series. So our summer series is all about lead like a mother. And every week this summer, I am delivering bite-sized curriculum to help you get out of your own way, retrain your brain, and lean into leadership in all the areas where you are already a leader in your life because you are already a leader, and perhaps some new areas where you've been feeling a pull toward leadership. So each month, we're going to have a theme, and then we'll dig into that theme throughout the month. Our theme for the month in June is get out of your own way. In July, we'll be talking about retraining your brain, and in August, we'll talk about leaning into leadership. Last week, we talked about ways you might be getting in your own way as week one of getting out of your own way for our curriculum for this month. And this week, we're going to talk about why you might be getting in your own way. So let's dig in. So one of the things we talked about last week was our patterns. And we all have these patterns where we get in our own way. And sometimes we don't recognize them for years, decades, a lifetime. Patterns of getting in our own way where we're doing things that hold us back and we do them over and over and over. Or we have these patterns that are dysfunctional. And when we're in our dysfunctional patterns, 
we destroy things in our paths at times. And that's like kind of the worst case scenario, but often less impactful than that is that we do things that don't serve us and that hold us back. And that over time really erode and degrade who we are and who we were meant to be and all the potential that we have within us. And sometimes we don't see this for a really long time. So my goal is to help you see where your patterns are serving you and where they're not serving you and how can we then shift the pattern. I've talked about this before in parenting where sometimes there needs to be a pattern interrupt and we all can think of instances when we had toddlers or if you currently have a toddler where you get into these cycles where like every day you get into the same battle over and over with your child and you're like, oh my gosh, like you try to not get sucked in and you start the day where you're like, today I'm gonna do better. Like I'm gonna make sure we don't go down that rabbit hole again. And then at some point you find like you and the toddler are both screaming and crying and everyone's on the floor in a puddle of tears and no one wins, right? These are dysfunctional patterns. And so what I learned with parenting a toddler is there had to be pattern interrupts. There had to be things that we could do to interrupt this pattern of dysfunction and to retrain the pathways so that we don't always go down these same rabbit holes. So we're gonna be talking about that as we work through this month. But let's look at right now, when we have these dysfunctional patterns, what is compromised? When we have these dysfunctional patterns, whether or not we recognize that we have them, because sometimes it takes a minute to recognize them. So whether or not we recognize that we have them, here's what happens. We end up compromising big time. We compromise our mental health. We compromise our joy. We compromise our hope. We compromise our power. We compromise our belief. We compromise our voice and we compromise our success. And I want to just dig into that a little bit. So when we compromise our mental health, what does that look like? We compromise our mental health because our patterns sometimes and our routines that keep us on our own way can destabilize our mental health. They can keep us stuck in patterns that keep us stuck in anxiety or depression. I know that for me, as someone who's managed anxiety since a very young age, there's definitely things that I will do at times that keep me stuck in those loops of anxiety, right? Those anxious loops that I just repeat over and over again. When we compromise our mental health, then automatically joy goes down the drain, right? And with that, hope goes down the drain. We start to compromise our hope when we are in our own way all the time. And we definitely compromise our power. We lose our ability to see what we're capable of. And we also make assumptions that other people are capable of more and we should just let them go ahead and do it. And that other people are more qualified and they should just go have everything that they're worthy of and that we're not worthy of things. We compromise our belief and think that we're not good enough or worthy enough or capable enough or strong enough or resilient enough or resourceful enough. And we don't do the things. We don't go after the things that we really want. We really stay in our own way sometimes for very long periods of time. We compromise our voice because we don't speak up. We don't say what we want. We don't say what we think. We let other people speak for us. We let other people speak in our place. We give other people the platform and the microphone. And when that happens, we become more and more quiet and more and more withdrawn. And we let other people sometimes be our voice piece, or we just decide that like our voice doesn't have value which is so not true. Your voice always has value. But when we get in our own way and stay in our own way and we're stuck in these dysfunctional patterns, we compromise our voice. And then we compromise our success. When we're staying in our own way and we're not putting ourselves in a position to grow and to have the insight into seeing where we're holding ourselves back, we compromise all the ways that we might be flourishing and having success, whether it's in our personal life or in our career or in parenting or just success in like showing up and enjoying our day every damn day, right? So we're compromising a lot and that does not feel good. And I know if you've ever gone through phases of being really stuck in your own way, you know how hopeless that can feel and you know how powerless that can feel. I've definitely been through phases and I know for me, when I lived alone, 
I would get in these really dysfunctional patterns of staying stuck and staying in my own way because I didn't have the distractions of other people to pull me out of that. And I remember working my hospital job and often when I did, had days off for like three days at a time, sometimes I wouldn't see any other people. Like I'd be at the hospital and I would see people and see my coworkers who I adored and was good friends with all them. And then I would go home for my three days off and I wouldn't see anyone. And I would go into these real funky places <laughs> that did not serve me. And I would really get in my own way around really having a hard time pulling myself out of anxiety um, and out of some depressive symptoms. And it really didn't feel good. And I didn't even realize this was happening until I moved in with roommates again. And then I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I was not happy living alone. I didn't even know it because it was just normal to me. And then I lived with roommates again, shout out to Natalie and Kevin. And I was like, oh my gosh, like this feels so much better. I'm not, I've broken this cycle. There's been a pattern interrupt now to these patterns of dysfunction that weren't serving me. This episode is supported by a podcast I wanna share with you called Understood Explains. So this is, show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily. It's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explains. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like 
a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30 day money back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. So let's talk about why you might be getting in your own way. Why do we create these patterns that keep us in our own way? So I'm going to talk through five reasons. So the first reason that we might be getting in our own way is social conditioning, including family roles, including cultural conditioning. So this might be roles within our family. And it might be, so I'm the oldest. So the oldest, often we are leaders and often we're thing, we're people that like take the bull by the horns and we don't tend to get lost in the family. Like the oldest tend to have loud voices. Maybe you're a middle child. Maybe you did get lost in the family or maybe you were a baby. My husband's the the youngest of six and he was 10 years younger than his next youngest sibling. So his all of his siblings are 10 to 20 years older than him. And so he, until the day his mother died, rest her soul, I adored my mother-in-law so much, but she treated him like a baby till the day he died. She would always like, oh, poor Vince. And I hope he remembers to get a nice shirt for this family event and like all these things. And like he built this really successful career. And she still was like, I hope he remembers to wear a nice shirt to dinner when we all go to dinner. Like she really thought that like at 40 some years old that like he might, you know, forget to dress appropriately for a social event. (laughs) So these are just the roles that we're born into, right? And this can also happen in social and cultural conditioning in a much greater extent around what is expected of women. What is expected of women in leadership? Are women expected to be leaders? Were women expected to be leaders in the systems that you grew up in? Were you modeled that women use their voices and that women went into powerful positions and were capable in powerful positions? Were you modeled that women could do anything? Or were you modeled that women should always be shrinking their bodies, should take a backseat to men, that they didn't have authority, that they didn't really quite know what they were talking about, and that they should be apologizing for getting in the way of people who had more authority and expertise and experience than them, which was typically other men, not women, right? So looking at how we get in our own way because of the ways we've been socially conditioned, women have been conditioned to take a backseat. Like we've been conditioned to sit down and be quiet. And if we're given an opportunity to be really grateful because it's not given to many people, so we should be super grateful and we shouldn't like try to negotiate to make it better because we should be just grateful for getting whatever we've gotten. We've also been conditioned that our needs are very secondary to our family's needs, to our partner's needs, to our children's needs, that our needs are insignificant in comparison to others. We've been conditioned that our bodies should look a certain way, that we should always be trying to shrink our bodies and make them smaller. We've been conditioned that our bodies can be policed by government and that people can make decisions about our bodies for us in terms of how we have access to birth control, whether or not we have access to abortions all sorts of policing around our bodies, right? We've been conditioned that if a man mistreats our body, that we will typically not be believed or we will be asked questions about like what led up to that that implicates us being at fault versus the person, the perpetrator being at fault. So there's all sorts of social conditioning around how we show up 
and how we get in dysfunctional patterns to stay in our own way. Some of that comes from culture and society. Some of that comes from our roles in our families. Second, the next way you might be getting in your own way is self-limiting beliefs. So based on how you were raised and the family that you were raised in or the conditions you were raised in or the social climate that you were raised in, you might have beliefs around what you think you're capable of. And this could be a really simple example of this could be like, let's say growing up and I'll use my sister and I, my sister was always like writing stories and like writing poetry and I was good at math. And so growing up, I always believed that like I was really good at math, but I was bad at writing and my sister was better at writing and she was a more voracious reader. And I, in terms of like my grades, my, I mean, I always got good grades, but my worst grades were always in reading comprehension. Um, I didn't enjoy writing at all. And so I grew up, it would be a self-limiting belief for me was that like, I was really good at math and not so good at reading and writing. And it's funny now, like, given what I do for work, I haven't done anything related to math since my senior year in high school. I got AP credits my senior year in high school, which required me to take zero math in college. So I have not had any math since 1994. And all I do is reading and writing for my job, right? I mean, as the foundation of my job and like for me to show up here, requires that I do a lot of reading and research. And then I do a ton of writing on the back end as well, whether I'm writing for the show or I'm writing for other things. I'm writing this year more than ever. I've been, or in the last year, year and a half, um, I've been writing more than ever, looking at writing a memoir and writing stories about my life. And so, but prior to this career, my self-limiting beliefs were that I wasn't a good reader and writer, just because not because I was told I was bad at it, because growing up, someone else in my family was better at that, right? So that's like a super simple belief, like super innocent, simple, naive belief, right? But some of us have that in even a more grand scale where maybe a family member told you, like, you should stick with that thing because you are not good at that. Or like, our family's not good at that. So maybe you were told like, our family really bad at math, like just steer clear of that. Or maybe you were just told that you were really bad at that. Maybe you were told to steer clear of sports. Maybe you were told like, you're just not good at sports. Or maybe you were told you're good at sports, but you're really not good with academics. So that we create self-limiting beliefs around all sorts of things that we think as we're growing up and as we're going through school and learning different activities, we create all sorts of self-limiting beliefs. As adults, we do the same thing. One of the things I always joke about when I talk to women about leadership and corporate is when there's this opportunity for a promotion and we often look around to see like who else might be more qualified than us. And my joke is that Bob in accounting, like you think about going for a promotion yourself and you're like, well, like maybe I should, but I don't know, like Bob in accounting, he's really good at that. Like Bob in accounting probably should go for it. He's probably more qualified. So quote unquote, Bob in accounting, like we all have that person in the workplace that we assume is more qualified than us, has more experience. He's been there longer. He would just be like the more obvious fit. And everyone in the company would agree like it, this position should just go to Bob, right? So we create all sorts of self-limiting beliefs around what we think we're capable of. It's phenomenal to me, like when moms come to me and when I start working with my tenacious mamas who are my business and leadership women who are building businesses, it's so amazing to me the things that they'll say, well, they'll say like, well, I'm really good at this, but not good at this. And then the more we dig into it, the more they're like, I don't even know why I think I'm not good at that. I've never really tried it. And actually, maybe I do want to try it. And so it's amazing the things that we get stuck in where we think we're not good at certain things. So we just don't do them. We just don't try them. I forever thought that I was not a good athlete because I didn't play sports growing up. The truth is I can't catch a ball to save my life. <laughs> Let's just be clear about that. But 
I'm a really great athlete in other ways. I can do things for a really long time. I can run for a really long time, which made me a great half marathoner and a great triathlete. I have some strong ass legs. And when I started doing triathlons, I was like, holy cow, like I can blow past anyone on a bike. And I had no idea I was capable of that until I started doing triathlons. Like I thought that running would be my stronger suit. Nope, (laughs) not even a little bit. In fact, running was my worst of the three events in triathlon. I was a really great biker and I was a decent swimmer. And because so many swimmers are really, because swimming is most triathletes least favored sport, I did really well with swimming because I was just kind of good at it. And then I was a great cyclist. And then that actually gave me a lot of space to not be that great at running. (laughs) So I would do the swim and do the bike and I would be able to have kind of a lead in those areas that I could hold on to as I went out into that run. So I didn't really have to excel at running because I was strong enough in biking and and swimming and biking. So self-limiting beliefs told me that I wasn't athletic growing up, which was always something I was really self-conscious about. And then learning as an adult, oh, actually I'm really athletic in ways that just aren't demonstrated in PE class. (laughs) And that was very surprising. And that's been a game changer in my whole entire life, as I've talked about on the show. And it's how I got into the fitness industry and opened a gym. And it's why I think I take so much pride in skiing, even though it terrifies me, because it's overcoming the self-limiting belief that I'm not an athlete. So the third way you might be getting in your own way is self-doubt, poor self-worth, and belief that other people are more worthy than you. And so this is where we get stuck in our own heads. And I was just talking with my friend Andrea Owen about this today. So we were talking about self-doubt and the spirals of self-doubt that we get trapped in and we get stuck and we ruminate. And it's really easy to go to these places. And this can be our default that when we, when something isn't going quite right, our default is self-doubt. And our default is I'm not that good at this, or I'm not good enough, or other people are better. And we just sit with that and we decide to hold on to that. So to get out of that, you have to stack up evidence to support that it's not true. Because we're really good at stacking up evidence that the things that doubt is telling us is true. We're really good at saying like, oh, you know, I didn't get the promotion or I didn't get this opportunity because of all these reasons. And we'll immediately launch into like a million things and we will take it back throughout our whole life. This thing didn't work out for me because of these 13 things that also didn't work out for me in my life all the way back to the time that I was two years old and this thing happened to me, right? Like we can go there really fast. What we're not good at is the opposite of that. And instead is catching ourselves when we start to go into that self-doubt spiral, catching ourselves and saying, hold on a minute, this thing didn't work out for me. And that is not because I'm not qualified or worthy or strong or powerful or capable. Actually, I am worthy and strong and powerful and capable. And I've proven that over the course of my life. Here are some examples that I can think of. And then you think of those times when you've been successful, when you've done the hard thing, when you've met the metrics and when you've done things you didn't think you could do, which we've all done. Like if you have had a child, you've done something you didn't think you could do. If you gave birth, if you nursed a child, if you kept it alive for a year, all those things, right? Those all qualify. So if we can go into that list and that spiral up instead of the spiral down into doubt, oh my goodness, we can immediately shift everything. But so many of us, our default is doubt and poor self-worth and this belief that other people are better. And that for so many of us is what holds us back. It's not even that we think we're not good enough. It's that we think other people are better and why even bother? And we can immediately think of who those people are. Why bother start the podcast? Someone else already has one and it already has a ton of downloads. Why bother? Why bother writing the book? All these other people wrote books. Mine isn't going to be a bestseller anyways. 
why go sing the song? It's not like I'm going to be Lady Gaga. So why even bother? Why even try to go do the 5k? It's not like I'm going to win. So why bother? Right? The fourth way you might be getting in your own way is because you have poor boundaries and you have the wrong people in your inner circle. So when you have poor boundaries, you let the wrong people in and you let them stay too close for too long. (laughs) And so I was talking with someone in Momentum Mamas in our membership community about this recently. And she was saying, she said, what I've noticed in this last year being a member in Momentum Mamas is how I've been able to make more space for the relationships I really want to cultivate, which has automatically created less space for the relationships that I don't want to make time for anymore. So instead of having to be rude to people that I whose feelings I don't want to hurt, I just kind of haven't had the availability. And she said it's created this really interesting dynamic where the boundaries have come really naturally and the people in her inner circle have shifted as a result. And so she has people in her inner circle who deserve to be there, who she wants to give time and energy to, who light her up and lift her up and impact her life in so many positive ways. And then she's just kind of naturally had less time for the relationships that do the opposite. And that's happened in such a natural and organic way that she hasn't had to be like rude and aggressive to be like, hey, I don't like you and I don't want to hang out with you. It's just been more like, hey, I'm really busy. I'd love to catch up. But like, how about we connect on Zoom for 20 minutes next week versus like meet up every Saturday for a walk or whatever the thing was before that was like keeping them too close in your inner circle too frequently. This episode is supported by Earn In. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn now can be in your hands today with Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Super, super easy to use. You just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck. Then you can access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. So the app is free. You can leave a tip if you want. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So here's the thing. Sometimes getting close to your next paycheck, next pay period, and you realize, oh gosh, like paycheck doesn't come until next Friday, but we have this event that we need to attend this weekend and we need money for it. Or we have to buy a gift for someone. Or, oh my gosh, like my kid tore through their shoes and now we have to buy new shoes this weekend and the money's not in the bank yet. So Earning can help you access the money you've already earned at work by giving you this little bit of money in advance. So make Earnin part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security, and it gives me a lot of peace of mind. So for our listeners, all you need to do is download Earn In today. It's spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, and you can download it in Google Play or the Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in Shameless Mom under podcast when you sign up. So there'll be a little place where you can, where it says, what podcast did you hear about them on? Type in Shameless Mom under podcast. This helps to show support for our show and our advertisers. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank, and subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, 
we can help you become a no guilt mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Guilt Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows. So where do you have poor boundaries and where are you letting the wrong people in your inner circle and letting them stay there for too long? And sometimes that's really hard because sometimes those wrong people in your inner circle, sometimes that's family members. Sometimes that's people that you've known your whole life. Sometimes it's your friends from high school. It's your friends from growing up. And shifting those boundaries can be uncomfortable, but also it can be the path out of being stuck. Because when you are keeping the wrong people in your inner circle, you will continue to not see what is possible for you. I know I've had this situation for sure where I've been really impacted. I actually had a situation where I was in this small business group with just a couple other women. And when they both had a really bad year and a really hard time with their businesses, I immediately felt myself pulling back in my business, thinking that like nothing ever, as soon as they started to say nothing ever works and the landscape is changing and online businesses are different and everyone is like struggling, I started to internalize that. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I can't go there because this is dangerous for me because I don't believe that. But if the people who I'm spending a lot of time with are telling me that, that's going to start to infiltrate my thoughts and that's going to have negative repercussions. So I had to have boundaries around like, I'm so sorry that you're struggling and how can I help you and how can I be supportive? But also I'm not going to be talking to you every single day on Marco Polo about this, right? Like I definitely want to be supportive in the ways that I can, but this can't be the only focus. We can't only be focusing on why everything is about failure right now and everyone's failing and everything's going wrong in the world, right? So on top of that, also, I was made sure to lean into groups of friends, colleagues who were doing well and who had great ideas and who wanted to be part of conversations that were just more powerful and more full of ideas and innovation during hard times, rather than just kind of settling for that, like, this just doesn't work anymore. And like, entrepreneurship is not good for anyone. Like, That's not the direction I want to go, because that means I don't have a job. (laughs) So and I don't want to go work for anyone else as much as I joke about it. I really I couldn't I don't want to. Okay, and then the fourth or the fifth reason you might be getting in your own way is trauma. And I'm not a therapist, so I'm not here to diagnose you. I'm not here to like tell you how trauma can impact your life specifically. But if you have gone through trauma, you will get in your own way through creating dysfunctional patterns for yourself because at some point in your life, that's what you needed to do to survive. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Getting in your own way and creating patterns for survival were probably very, very necessary at one point. Those patterns, though, that perhaps saved you at a certain time might not be functional for you anymore. So if you are carrying trauma and unresolved trauma, you might very consistently be getting in your own way. And so this came up for me, if you listen to my episode on mental health back in May, this came up for me with being diagnosed with PTSD and having unresolved trauma, and which was really shocking to me. <laughs> I didn't know that I had trauma or unresolved trauma, which might sound silly, but it's been really fascinating as I've started to unpack that and as I've started to learn and I've been recognizing my responses to things and recognizing like my defaults into anxiety, my default to worry, my default to assuming that I'm not going to be able to control things and then going into like overdrive, hyperdrive, trying to control things. That's my trauma response. And it's triggered 
really quickly by certain circumstances and situations, and I'll be honest, by certain people. And so I have to be really aware of that because I will very much get in my own way if I let those triggers happen, if I let those triggers present themselves in my life. So if there's trauma in your background and it's unresolved, or maybe if it's not unresolved, but you just it's there and it's part of who you are and it's part of your DNA, that's going to be something that can hold you back. And it doesn't have to hold you back. It can also be part of your superpowers, as I talked about in my episode on mental health and my PTSD. But you have to have awareness around that. So I'm really working to not let trauma from my past be the thing that holds me back right now. Because that doesn't feel good. (laughs) It really doesn't feel good to be in dysfunctional patterns around trauma being triggered and being re-triggered and letting other people have power over re-triggering that. That's probably the hardest part for me is like feeling like someone else can trigger this and it can send me into this tailspin And that feels really awful. And it can be really paralyzing in a lot of ways in my personal and professional life. And so what am I going to do to work beyond that and to work through that so that I can have a different response? So those are five ways you might be getting in your own way. So look and see which ones of those apply to you. It's probably more than one. (laughs) And it might be all five. And that's completely fine. But really recognizing why you're getting in your own way, because then we can start shifting around how to get out of your own way. So next week for week three of getting out of your own way, we are going to talk about how procrastination and perfectionism keep you in your own way. So that's what's coming next week. So if you didn't listen to week one, go back and listen to that ways that you get in your own way. And then next week we have how procrastination and perfectionism keep you in your own way. Thank you for being here for the summer series. If this is helpful to you, if it could be helpful for a friend, please, please share it out. I'm always looking to get this content into the heads and the hearts of more shameless moms so that we can all lean into leadership and lead like a mother in more powerful ways. So thank you for being here. I will be back on Wednesday with an interview. And until then, have a fantastic day. Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five-star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be shameless mom of the week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media. Tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. 
with sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends. At Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark-Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast.